So my wife and I were sitting together watching the Super Bowl this past year in uh, 2019. And uh, we usually watch the Super Bowl for its commercials because, let's be honest, when you're living in Cleveland, the the Super Bowl thing is, is not really uh, going to happen for you. So we're sitting together watching it, and it's near the end of the game, and it, there a commercial comes on for something, I, and I think it was for beer. But it's this woman out in the middle of the jungle, and she's sitting on like a you know at like a table, and she's got two microphones on either side of her, and she's leaning into one, and then she says something very softly, and it cuts to like scenes in the rainforest, and and then she leans into the other one and starts saying something else, and then it cuts to like scenes of birds or or something like that, and the whole time this is happening, it's just very odd. It just felt like a very awkward moment, and it finally comes to the end of this commercial, and I remember turning to my wife, and she's looking at me with this very puzzled kind of expression, and I'm looking back at her, and either one of us could have said this, but we just went, what was that, right? Like, who in their right mind thought that that was a good idea for a million-dollar ad at the Super Bowl? I don't know. Uh, Were they trying to be artsy? Were they trying to be something edgy? I have no idea, but it was just, it was very odd to us, personally. And I think like most people, we encounter a story or something that comes towards us, like a film or, you know, maybe we read a book or somebody tells us something. And we just kind of have this expression of like, who came up with that? Who's responsible for these big ideas or these concepts? And who gets away with it, basically? What what caused this person to come up with this idea? And so that's the whole uh, theme behind this episode here on the Writer's Lens uh, for the Narrative Wars is talking about who is responsible for these sort of big stories and, uh, you know, why why does that happen? So stick around. This is the Narrative Wars on the Writer's Lens. I trust that that opening resonated with you in some way where you're just kind of sitting back wondering at times, okay, what was that about, right? Like, what what did I just hear? What did I just read? Who on earth came up with this idea? Who came up with this story? This, this, is, this is strange to me or this is really interesting to me. Okay, it doesn't have to be as off-putting as the commercial with the girl in the middle of the, in the, middle of the jungle with two microphones, okay? It doesn't have to be that. But when it does come to the big narratives around us, I, I think it's an honest question. I mean, who is responsible for making these? And I think that the the default answer that we all we all go to is is this sort of generic idea of them, right? Like there's a they out there. Like they're the ones doing it. It's them. Uh, it's sort of this faceless entity that is conjuring up. Uh, either good ideas and good narratives or they're conjuring up bad ones and, and bad ideas. And so I wanted to, to kind of dissect that a little bit, this this concept of who's responsible for the big narratives around us. Because I think from a very tangible uh, standpoint, we could look and say that, that, you know, sort of news media, news outlets would be the probably the first ones we would look to and say, okay, these guys are, are the ones responsible for, for big narrative ideas right? Um, responding to injustices, reporting on them, giving a certain angle on the story. Uh, we would look to, you know, news as being maybe kind of primary offender number one, right? 
uh, for good or for bad in, the, in that in that regard. Number two, we might look at say like a company head or a CEO or a CFO who has a certain ethic in the way that they work, and it's sort of filtering down through the culture of their of their you know their company. And they have hundreds, if not thousands, of workers working for them, and and they have to adopt these kinds of ethics. And so we might think that, you know, due to capitalism, you know, there's big narratives that are being birthed out of these ideas. Okay, these hierarchies of, of uh, you know, of authority and power are, are sort of creating these larger narratives around us. Um, or it could be, you know, the collection of many individuals, right? It could be many individuals who have banded together around a, a particular ideology and. And they're living their lives kind of among the masses. And, and because of their collective spirit, they've sort of uh, been able to sort of create narratives throughout different little cultural you know, pockets throughout the country or throughout wherever they live. And so these are the big narratives that sort of spring up out of these kind of uh, you know, small pockets of people that, that are actually much larger. Because there's many of them across you know, state lines that believe a certain you know, ideology or whatever it is. So I think on the outside looking in, you know, these are kind of the most tangible ways to look at this, this concept of, of who's coming up with these big narratives. You know, who's the one pushing certain ideas, you know, into our faces and saying, this is what should be important to you, right? Like, like this is the, the issue of your time, all right? This is the thing you ought to be rooting for. This is the thing you ought to be trying to strike down. Uh, there are individuals that are responsible for these things. And I'll explain that like this. My wife and I were just recently at a banquet for the Cleveland Pregnancy Center. And uh, we were there. It's it's an issue that my wife and I both feel um, rather strongly about. Uh, And this, of course, is part of another larger narrative, you know, the pro-life versus the pro-choice argument. And uh, so we were there, and the president of the Pregnancy Center was there speaking uh, a gentleman by the name of Bob Hershey, and he was talking about how movements begin with individuals, but they are sustained through community. And I totally found myself resonating with that statement because I'm not a big movement guy. I'm not someone that that gets swept up in the in sort of the giant wave of a new idea. I tend to try and be sort of this independent thinker if I can. I like to assess the situation before I go jumping in headfirst. In fact, I don't think I ever jump in headfirst necessarily. (laughs) But the truth is that when we encounter sort of a big idea or a big story, it takes something for us to actually go along with it. It takes something for us to to jump in and be a part of it. And the community idea of of the of the narrative the the idea of being part of something larger than ourselves is very attractive to us as human beings we want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves and that can include other people in that of course and so when we we think about the big narratives and you know who's making them who's creating them it does start with a single person you know it starts with a single person that has latched on to something they've They've attached themselves to an idea. They've attached themselves to a particular ideology, a philosophy, whatever it is. And they are now going to utilize their resources in the best way they can to rally other people to their cause so that they can then tell other people about this and therefore create an even larger narrative and try to create a story that's even bigger than where they began. I mean, think of, there's a religious aspect to this, you know, and again, you know, me coming from a a Christian worldview, 
I mean, Jesus Christ, I mean, he started an entire revolution with, with 12 fishermen, or not 12 fishermen, with a few fishermen, some tax collectors, you know, some bumbling fools, if, if you will. Okay, he started a, a huge revolution of religious thought. So here's this guy, uh, one guy, granted a, a very important guy, and he does this amazing thing. It's, 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 it's the same in any other big movement that you may read about in history. Uh, where one person had the the courage, or perhaps they had the the wherewithal or the foolishness in some regard to stick their neck out and be the first one to sort of begin the domino effect. But in order for that effect to continue, there had to be people that would rally around them. There would have to be sort of this communal aspect to create these larger these larger narratives and to to actually push them out into the into the masses. Now, again, this coming from a Christian worldview, I would say that. Beneath all of these ideas, beneath everything that happens with large narratives, the macro narratives that are out there, the ones that we hear about, to me, it's always an eternal struggle of good versus evil. And I, if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, Josh, I'm not a Christian. There's a lot of Christian talk on this one. Most people will, will admit that there's evil in the world, even if they're, they don't believe in God necessarily. They'll, they'll believe that there's evil. And if you believe that there's evil, then you, you have to believe there's some measure of good, okay? It's, it's not like it has to be yin and yang, but there is this corresponding aspect where good has to be somewhere in that picture. It can't all just be evil and, and desolate or, or desolation and, and destruction and, and strife and grief and, and all forms of suffering. There are things that we would say are good in this life unless you're a complete nihilist and, and everything is meaningless. If in which case I, I encourage you to, to turn away from that immediately, to just turn away from that ideology. It's 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 not a good path to be on. But this struggle of good and evil to me is what undergirds everything else. It's what pushes people towards certain movements. It's what pulls people away from ideologies or or from groups and into other groups. Is this struggle back and forth between what is holy and righteous and good and what is evil and perverse and wicked. That is always going on. And again, this comes from my Christian worldview, but it also comes into play from my my writing life. I mean, I'm looking through this lens, albeit it's the writer's lens here, but I'm looking through this lens of the world and I'm seeing, I see good, I see evil, and I see it at work in people. And I see that in the stories we tell. I see that in the types of narratives that emerge out of a person's life or out of multiple people's lives. And there's this push and pull in the universe that's happening that's either, like I said, pulling us into something good or it's pulling us away from it. And uh, what we uh, are encouraged to be a part of in that community uh, you know, may, may you know, ping our spirit in some way to go one way or the other. And that's ultimately what you're going to find in a really good story. You're going to see where your protagonist or your the characters within there are being pulled in different directions and they're being swept up in larger narratives inside of their own narratives that are happening and uh, again I you know kind of the you know the crux of this entire episode is that to me it's a, it's a spiritual battle it's definitely a spiritual battle uh, this this context of the big narratives and who's responsible for them but I will get back to from a very tangible sense even if that spiritual component is behind all of this, uh, there's still one person that sticks his or her neck out and begins that. And by rallying people around them, by creating movement around them, creating community, these kinds of things can sustain themselves. And that's how we get our large narratives. That's how we get what we get 
uh, when we see uh, you know consistent stories is uh, there's people that are in agreement with particular uh, ideas or ideologies. Uh, there are masses of, uh, of people that are behind that. So that's who, respon- who was responsible for them. I don't know who was responsible for that commercial during the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't know if they still have a job, uh, whatever. <laughs> but um, I haven't seen it since. I mean, it was on, I think it was on for like a week after the Super Bowl, and I don't, I don't think it was ever on television ever again. But, but that would be, again, my take on who is responsible for these big narratives. So for the next episode, you're like, well, what else are we going to talk about in these narrative wars, Josh? Well, I'll tell you. What happens when we encounter a narrative that we disagree with? What happens when we, we find ourselves rubbing against a, a big narrative or an idea and we're being told it constantly, but we don't agree with it? What are we supposed to do with that? I mean, I touched on this a little bit in the last couple episodes, but I, I want to really unpack this idea and just keep running with it because I love this stuff. So hope you can join me for that one. Uh, that'll be the Narrative Wars episode four. But until next time, guys, I'm Josh J.C. Felto for The Writer's Lens. Have a great rest of the week, and I'll catch up with you guys again soon. Hey there, listener. Yes, you. Thanks for checking out this uh, podcast. Really appreciate it. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, comment, however you like to do your social media interactions or how other podcasters are asking you to do the same thing. Perhaps I'm a little less shameless in the way I'm asking. But anyway, I really do appreciate it. I appreciate the support. Uh, and don't be afraid to share this with a friend. If you think somebody else might benefit from listening to this podcast, it really helps uh, get the podcast known as well as uh, get it in the hands of other people that might benefit from it. So thanks again. Have a great week. This is Josh J.C. Felto for The Writer's Lounge.